dismiss the Sunday school. Lord, we thank you for being the good and gracious God that you are. And as we have been worshiping you, we continue that now through the understanding of your word. Holy Spirit, come speak it to our hearts, a word that each of us needs to hear for ourselves today. Make your word, Lord, come alive in our life with its transforming power. I pray this to your glory in Jesus' name. Amen. We've been going through the Acts of the Apostles. And one of the things that we've most recently seen, last week in particular, that the mission of the church has moved from Jerusalem now to the church in Antioch. The mission has widened. It not only includes includes a mission to the Jews with the Gospel, but it includes a mission to the Gentiles with the Gospel as well. It's interesting that over the centuries and down through history, there have been perversions about that that have somehow suggested that the church has replaced Israel as the children of God. Not true. Untrue. Who God has declared is His children. They are His children. The Gospel is for Jews and for Gentiles alike. And you just, you go to your Bible, you look at Romans 9-11, through 11, and you will see that we are to be together that olive tree of cultivated branches and wild branches, all together in the oneness under Messiah. Right? Caught up in the kingdom of God. Now what we're going to see today is that Barnabas and Saul step out into faith. We're going to see the church at Antioch step out into faith. And what I hope is that as we go through this today together, that you will be moved individually and that we as a church will be moved together to deepen our commitment to stepping out in greater faith. We should always assume, by the nature of faith itself, that God will continue to ask more faith of us and more faith of us. Because the faith that we have today, that was based upon what God proved, is no longer faith. We know it. And so God causes us to step out, exercising greater faith, trusting Him more and more. And we should expect that to be true. So it's my hope that you will be encouraged to step out more into faith and that we as a church will as well. Now let me say this. Faith that I want to talk about today is stepping out and doing what God has asked you to do when you can't see what will happen. You don't know exactly what God is going to do, but you do know that He's asking you to step out in faith. 
give you a perfect example. After being here for a couple of years and we set in motion a new mission, right? And we decide that we are going to organize our staff uh, in such a way so that we could carry out that mission. Pastor Stephen, who is one of us, feels the call to be a church planter. That is not in the plans that the elders have determined. It puts an additional burden on the church. Now, there may have been many churches who said, we got plans, God gave us those plans, we're moving with those plans. But to our credit, the elders and the church said, nope. We need to bring this before God. We need to understand what God is asking of us. And we were convicted, right, to support Pastor Stephen in planting a church on the North Shore. Now, we reasoned that our mission to the North Shore is limited in terms of organic growth, conversion. But we also know that Planting churches has a much higher uh, percentage of organic growth, that is, growth by conversion. So we thought, this is an effective way for us to carry out our mission here on the North Shore. And we set out some parameters around it, working with our denomination, because it was an EFCA church, and we said we would uh, check in throughout the time, we would uh, have a hard check-in three years, and we were committed to five years. Now, the Lord up and moved Pastor Stephen at one point and called him to the denominational national office of the EFCA, where actually his gifts are functioning in an even greater way as he's working uh, with issues of diversity within our denomination and reconciliation and those kinds of things. Now, we could say that we failed because we didn't plan a church. When Pastor Stephen went to the national office, one fellowship church closed, and our commitment to giving to that ended. But let me give you another picture. Because those were our plans. What does Scripture say? We make our plans and God orders our steps. And let me tell you how God orders our steps. It was an incredible success. Six families came to saving faith here on the North Shore. How do you put a price on that? Anybody tell me? What's that worth? And I believe we supported Pastor Stephen, who has stepped out in faith a long time ago, when he left where he was, came up to Trinity to work on his doctorate, has been faithfully serving, faithfully served in this church, and allowed his family to remain instead of moving his kids around, and allowed him to find where God wanted him to be. Now, could that be a better success? What do you think? Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, you betcha. That's for God, not for us. That's for God. So, when I'm talking about stepping out in faith, 
We may think certain things are going to happen, but if we really step out in faith, we're going to see God at work, maybe in ways we can't even comprehend. In fact, my experience is I've never been able to anticipate all that God was going to do. And in fact, the majority of what God does moves far beyond anything I've ever thought about. That, as I look back, is true. Let me give you the big idea today. It is this, that stepping out in faith requires discernment, it requires a willingness to risk, and it requires obedience to the Spirit of God. Stepping out in faith requires discernment, a willingness to risk, and obedience to the Spirit of God. Just as Jesus taught the disciples, He corrected them, He encouraged them, He empowered them, He gave meaning to their life and the purposes of God. And just as Jesus and the Father sent the Holy Spirit to the disciples so that they might carry on God's redeeming work and and the gospel going out to the ends of the earth. The Holy Spirit is available to us, to all believers, for those same activities taking the place of Jesus as we walk in our everyday life, but also correcting, encouraging, disciplining, teaching, and bringing life to our, meaning to our life in the purposes of God. This is what it means to step out in faith. Now the first thing we're going to see as we go through Acts 12, 25 through 13, 12, we are going to see that discernment is important in stepping out in faith. Let's read now verses 25 in chapter 12 and then through verse 3 in chapter 13. And Barnabas and Saul returned from Jerusalem when they had completed their service, bringing with them John whose other name was Mark. Now there were in the church in Antioch prophets and teachers, Barnabas, Simon, who was called Niger, Lucius of Cyrene, Menaean, a a lifelong friend of Herod the Tetrarch, and Saul. And while they were worshiping the Lord and fasting, the Holy Spirit said, Set apart for me Barnabas and Saul for the work to which I have called them. Then after fasting and praying, they laid hands on them and sent them off. Barnabas and Paul, Saul, returned from Jerusalem with John Mark, Barnabas' cousin, who who came along to assist them and to learn from them. And upon their return from Jerusalem, Dr. Luke records the five leaders of the church in Antioch. They would be the elders of the church. Their names are in order of their rank. And you'll notice that Barnabas is the leader. He's first. And you'll notice that Paul is the least. He is last. We could expect that while Barnabas and Paul return from Jerusalem, they return to take their place in the church and carry on their ministries and their duties and just go back to what they were doing. 
But while they are worshiping God and fasting, the Holy Spirit speaks to them and to the church and sets them apart for a work that He calls them to do. Fasting is a spiritual discipline often associated with seeking guidance or for some spiritual preparation. So for whatever reason, the church is fasting. And the Holy Spirit has set Barnabas and Saul apart. You'll notice that they are praying. That is associated with it. And we should expect that. How then did the Spirit make Himself known to them? Did somebody stand up in the middle of the service, start speaking out in tongues? Somebody else stand up and say, I want Saul and Barnabas to go on mission trip? We don't know. It doesn't tell us. It's not in the text. And for those of us who are evangelicals, this is difficult. Because there are no rules to follow. My heavens to Betsy. No guidelines. I guess we're just going to have to exercise faith if we want to step out in faith. Did you guys get that? That's a challenge. But here's the thing I can say. To you who want rules, who want guidelines, who want clarity, the Spirit has made it evident. He's made Himself evident that He is calling Barnabas and Saul to a mission. He's made it evident to the church and He's made it evident to them. And we should trust that He is able to make it evident to us even if we don't have any rules or guidelines to know what we're doing. Now, from a practical standpoint, we might ask the question, then then how do we discern the Spirit's leading so we can step out into faith? Well, some practical questions about that is, what is it that God calls us to have faith in? Does He call us to have faith in ourselves? Does He call us to have faith in what we're doing? Does He call us to have faith in the plans we have for our life? What is it that God calls us to have faith in? Well, let me tell you what it is. It's not rocket science. He calls us to have faith in Jesus who has saved us. He calls us to have faith in the Holy Spirit that He has sent to us to help us and to empower us. He calls us to have faith in our Heavenly Father who has ordained all these things, and He calls us to have faith in the Gospel, whom or what they have given to humankind so that we might be redeemed along with all of creation because it is God's great plan. This is what we are to have faith in. We might ask ourselves, should we step out in faith about every idea we have? 
My answer to that would be no, absolutely not. Some of you have some really strange thoughts. I'm not going to name names here. Okay. I could, though. Not all the thoughts that come to us are coming out of us from within our origins of how we're thinking or from the Holy Spirit who can plant those seeds in our mind. Evil can also plant seeds in our mind. It has access to us through our flesh nature. So it can bring to us thoughts that will cause us to to be tempted and to be disobedient to God, right? So what we need is to be discerning. This is why John writes in his first letter, Dear friends, do not believe every spirit, but test the spirits to see whether they are from God. When it comes to stepping out in faith, discernment is absolutely necessary. So how do we discern the spirit? Well, let me suggest four things, three of which I know are in this text, and one of which I'm thinking is implied, but I've certainly learned it makes total sense to me. First of all, they're engaged in prayer. They're engaged in seeking God. They are worshiping, they are fasting, and they are praying. Don't expect that if you're not going to be engaged in prayer, if you're not going to spend time with God, that you're going to be able to discern the Spirit. Secondly, there is an affirmation from other believers, especially mature believers. That is, others will see this as a movement of the Spirit. When you sit down and talk to them, they will gather. Those of you who know me know that I'm often running ideas by people. I'm often, I want to hear what they have to say. I want to know if what's going on in my head is just the idiocy of Craig or if there's something of the Spirit in it. The staff tells me mostly it's the former. But they like me. When it starts to become affirmed by other believers, there's something to it. The Spirit is prompting them to let us know. So we're not trying to discern the Spirit alone. We're discerning it in community. That's what the church is about. And then third, there is an inner sense of conviction about it. I'm sure that Barnabas and Saul were compelled from within. The Holy Spirit would have removed any barriers from within. I imagine when they came back, they're looking at this church. It's an immature church. They just got sent there from Jerusalem. Maybe they've been there a year or so. I don't know. I've been pastoring for a lot of years, and let me tell you, it takes more than a year or so to grow up a church. And I can imagine them saying, you know, we're just starting to make progress in this place. If we up and go, what's going to happen to all those people? It makes sense that we stay right here and do the work. This must be something else rather than God speaking. 
Does that sound like some of us? Sound like some of our thinking? Well, when those thoughts come, regardless of that, there is a compulsion to, to follow the Spirit. And that's because the Holy Spirit is working in us to break down those barriers that would keep us from doing it, that would cause us to resist stepping out in faith with the Spirit. And isn't that the message of our faith? We don't do this in our own power. It is not by our works that we're saved. We're saved by the work of God through Jesus Christ. And we live lives, sanctified lives, through the power of the Holy Spirit that He and the Father have sent to us. It's not us that we're doing it. Sometimes I think when I'm preaching to you, and I'm a driven guy, I'm like, we got to work at this. we got to do this. And the reality is, we got to come before God and submit ourselves to Him and ask Him, God, you got to give me a heart to do this. you got to compel me to do this. you got to help me get it because i got this resistance to it. And you know what happens? This is what God wants. He just melts all that stuff away. And He just brings you to that place. We will never be able to do this and step out in faith in our power will always be in the power of the Holy Spirit. And here's the thing that is not necessarily in the text, but I think is important, that I've learned over the years. Make sure it is aligned with the Word of God. The Word of God is the truth that God wants us to know. It provides what we need. And God is not going to speak the truth to us in His Word and then tell us to go against it. Now, I've seen people take one verse out of context, rationalize something that's probably really what they want, not necessarily what God wants to do. But if you look at the full counsel of God, whatever the Holy Spirit calls you to, it will align with what God wants. It will align with what's in His Word. All right. So, discernment is absolutely necessary when it comes to stepping out in faith. Here's the second thing we see. A willingness to risk. A willingness to risk. Verses 3 through 6. Let's read those together. Then after fasting and praying, they laid hands on them and sent them off. So being sent out by the Holy Spirit, they went down to... Seleucia, and from there they sailed to Cyprus. And when they arrived at Salamis, they proclaimed the word of God in the synagogue of the Jews. And they, and they had John to assist them. And when they had gone through the whole island as far as Paphros, they came to a certain magician, a Jewish false prophet named Bar-Jesus. Now what we see in these verses, that the church in Antioch had to exercise faith. They have five leaders who are elders. They are going to lose two leaders, one of whom has been the man entrusted with the responsibility to lead their whole mission, 
to make sure that they mature and grow in the faith. Two of the five leaders that that church is based upon are gone. Now, certainly, when they went to Jerusalem, there was a time when they were under these three elders. And the church must have done fine and probably realized we can do this if this is what God has called us to. But they had to have a willingness to risk to step out in faith by standing on their own in the power of the Holy Spirit. So often we want somebody else to do it. We want to have our hands held. But stepping out in faith means we have to do it. We have to stand in the power of the Holy Spirit. We have to trust that God will provide what it is we need, even if we don't understand what we need, and even if we don't believe we're up to the task. I can guarantee you I have never been up to the task of being a pastor, and I have either bluffed my way through this for all these years, or the Holy Spirit has absolutely been working. And I can tell you, when I left a 32-year pastorate, and they had a big luncheon, and they decided to have an open mic, and people were sharing experiences with me. And I'm sitting there with my wife, and I'm talking to people, and I, I, I start to listen to these experiences people are sharing. Who is this guy they're talking about? I don't remember that stuff. I don't recall most of it. But that's exactly what God does. He uses us in ways beyond anything we imagine. The Holy Spirit is able. And the church at Antioch was willing to risk to stand in the power of the Holy Spirit on their own. And there was in this then a corresponding and natural willingness to leave their comfort zone. To trust the Holy Spirit and step out into the unknown. We see this same thing in Barnabas and Paul as they step out in faith as well. They have the same willingness to risk. They have the same willingness to leave their comfort zone. They have the same trust in the Holy Spirit. They have the same willingness to step out into the unknown of the future. In fact, there is no specific plan given to them. I don't know about you, but I don't often step out into things that I'm not sure of where I'm going. I'm constantly saying, okay, what are the options? What's the downside? What's the upside? What's it mean? I want to know. But I have a reason that I want to know. Because if I'm going to walk with the Spirit, I just want to know what the worst case scenario is. I get it. Maybe it's I die. But I'm thinking that's an upgrade. Right? I get a better body. I'm going to request one a little handsomer. I get rid of some of these aches and pains. I get a house in the mansion of God. It's this cool stuff. So that's not the worst. But I want to know so that I can think of, okay, 
How do I need to be walking with God? Can I be ready? I don't want to be caught off guard. The reality is, it doesn't tell us if they had a plan. Although I think if they had a plan, Dr. Luke would have recorded it because it would have added credibility to the testimony of Barnabas and Saul's first missionary journey. So all they know is they're set apart. They know there's a work they're supposed to do and they're gone. Pretty cool stuff. That's faith. Stepping out in faith. And while this point of a willingness to risk is not explicit in our text, it certainly is implied. And I think it's a really important point for us because often in my conversations with people, I find the sticking point there. In a willingness to risk and in a willingness to leave their comfort zone. That's the place where most of us get stuck. That's the place where most of us have difficulty. That anxiety and that fear around those things can often cause us to freeze. For just a second, I'd like you to look up at the screens. There's a video up there that's going to, I think, help us grasp that willingness to risk. If you're a movie buff, you will remember the Indiana Jones series. And in this, Indy's father is dying. And he has to get to the Holy Grail in order to save his father. But he has to step out in faith. Unsure that when he steps, he won't fall to his death. This is not a bad picture of genuine faith. A willingness to risk, to step out without knowing the outcome. No guarantees. It certainly challenges our comfort zone, doesn't it? Now remember what I said. Faith is stepping out and doing what God has asked you to do when you can't see what will happen. You don't know exactly what God's going to do, but you know that He's asking you to step out in faith. This is where we can struggle because it can be so fraught with emotion and difficulty. It can challenge us at the core of our very being. But here's the thing. You don't have to have this great, incredible courage. All you have to do is keep looking to God. Because if you ask Him, He will give you the faith necessary. He will remove the barriers. And you will feel His strength. And there will be a sense that you can do no other. And you will step out in faith, trusting Him. Because it's all based on the work of the Holy Spirit in us. When it comes to stepping out in faith, being willing to risk and leave your comfort zone and trust God is absolutely necessary. Well, that leads us to the third point, 
of what we see and stepping out in faith. Obedience. Obedience. Let's read verses 6 through 11 together now. When they had gone through the whole island as far as Paphos, they came upon a certain magician, a Jewish false prophet named Bar-Jesus. He was with the proconsul Sergius Paulus, a man of intelligence, who summoned Barnabas and Saul and sought to hear the word of God. But Alumus, the magician, for that is the meaning of his name, opposed them, seeking to turn the proconsul away from the faith. But Saul, who was also called Paul, filled with the Holy Spirit, looked intently at him and said, You son of the devil, you enemy of all righteousness, full of all deceit and villainy, will you not stop making crooked the straight paths of the Lord? And now behold, the Lord's hand is upon you. You will be blind and unable to see the sun for a time. And immediately a mist and darkness fell upon him, and he went about seeking people to lead him by the hand. Then the proconsul believed, and when he saw what had occurred, he was astonished at the teaching of the Lord. Barnabas is the leader. His name is first in ranking. And he's the leader... No doubt when they come before Sergius Paulus. But what we see in the midst of this is that Paul steps out ahead of Barnabas. In some business circles, that would be seen as insubordination. You believe me? I mean, I had a business person who came on staff, worked with me. I had a young man challenge me with a question, and there's no doubt he was challenging. But I didn't see him so much as insubordinate as I saw him simply needing more information so that he can follow the direction he's being given. So I gave it to him. He didn't have any problem following that, but... His supervisor wrote him up for insubordination. This could be seen on Paul's part as insubordination, but it is not. Paul is prompted by the Spirit to step out in front and confront Elymas. Now why? Why? Well, think about it. Barnabas is the son of encouragement. I can imagine him sitting there going, okay, how am I going to encourage Elymas to relax and think about Jesus? Maybe I'll give him a few compliments, and then I'll do this, and then I'll do that. Do you think Elymas is going to get it? He is a man who has based his life on power, on the magical arts, of the ancient wisdom of the Babylonians. He has exercised it for his ego's purposes and for his own um, financial purposes. He is a man who respects power. 
not encouragement. I can understand why the Holy Spirit would have Paul confront him. Straight up, head on. Not mincing any words. So what we see in Paul's stepping out to make this confrontation first off is that Paul is responding to the Spirit. He is obedient. His spiritual gifting is better for this purpose. And remember, we're the church. God has brought us all together so that we would be one and unified, and he can use all of our gifts for his purposes. So why wouldn't he elevate somebody like Paul in this setting and allow Barnabas to step back in it? But there is also another stepping out into faith for Paul. Paul steps out into a power encounter with evil. And because of this, Sergius Paulus comes to saving faith. Throughout the book of Acts, one of the things that we see is growth in the kingdom of God is furthered by the manifestation of spiritual power, be it in healings, be it in the baptism of the Holy Spirit, be it in power encounters like this. Paul not only steps out into the lead role, but Paul steps out to address Elemas and evil. Now let's be frank. Many people are afraid of confrontation. You're not all Italians. You don't all like conflict. You didn't all grow up in it and manage it. But some of us, we did. Some are conflict avoidant. So, just a, a brief commercial here. There's a class next week on reconciliation. If you're conflict avoidant, you should be in that class. It will help you. Right? Think about it. The truth is, those who are conflict avoidant, they're afraid of the emotional upset that it will cause. And it will harm their own spirit, too, because often they're very gentle souls, filled with great compassion. But sadly, when we fail not to speak up, especially if you know you should, we are quenching the Holy Spirit and allowing darkness to remain in control of a person or of a situation. Failure to bring the truth and the light that brings freedom is allowing that darkness to remain. Do you know that when you intercede with the truth and speak out to those who are dealing with addictions, rage, and sexual sin, you are actually confronting evil? Do you know that when you intercede with the truth and speak out against those who act unjustly, who abuse others, who foster prejudice and hatred, you are confronting evil? Do you know that when you reach out to those who are thinking about harming themselves, cutting, 
locked up in depression, or even dissociation, dissociating from their emotions and from the situation because of abuse and trauma, that you are confronting evil by coming alongside of that person and helping to set them free from it. We live in two worlds, my friends, physical and spiritual. And the spiritual is what's influencing the physical realm. The New Testament acknowledges this and described what I've just talked about in those terms as spiritual obsession and oppression and even possession. So are you willing, at the Spirit's prompting, to weigh in and be counted, to speak the truth candidly in love, whether it be in tough love for some who need it, or whether it be in compassionate love for others who need it? Are you willing, at the Spirit's prompting, to stay engaged with those people, in spiritual warfare, to continually lift them up in prayer and pray for their liberation and freedom in Christ? Are you willing to step out in faith? Because that will require obedience. It will be uncomfortable and it will be scary. But that's what it means to step out in obedience. Not in our power, because we cannot confront or deal with evil like that. We do not have the power. But Jesus does have the power. At the name of Jesus, every knee will bow and every tongue confess that He is Lord. And when He sent the disciples out, He empowered them with His Spirit. They came back and said, Lord, even the Demons are subject to us. Jesus has power over everything. He's been given authority over all things, as he said when he gave the Great Commission. It is acting in the power of the Holy Spirit in his name that allows us to stand with others in spiritual warfare, to stand up and speak the truth when it's awfully hard for us. It allows us, Lord, I mean people, to to continue to seek His guidance. Now, you might be afraid, gee, I I don't want to make some huge mistake and set the kingdom of God back. Don't, Don't worry about that. That's just a lie of the evil one. Think of the Holy Spirit as a spiritual GPS. You make the wrong turn, and you know how that little lady comes on the voice and says, you know, you need to make this turn or that turn. Sometimes I just turn her voice off. She's irritating. Because I want to go a different way. But the Spirit of God is like a spiritual GPS, and He'll lead us right where we need to go. If we'll continue to check in. God will show us where we need to be. And we don't do this in our strength, but we do this in the power of God. So let me close by acknowledging that stepping out in faith can be a bit daunting. But we don't need it to be. Discernment, a willingness to risk and leave our comfort zone in obedience, these are things 
which the Holy Spirit will help us to do and empower us to do. It is my prayer that you and that our church will continue to step out in faith in ever greater ways, that we will work to discern the Spirit's leading, and that we will exercise a willingness to collectively risk and leave our comfort zones, that the gospel may go forth and people may be set free, and that we will together walk in obedience to the prompting and leading of God's Spirit. Amen? Let's pray. Lord, we thank you for the truth in your word today. We thank you that while you call us to step out in faith, and why, Lord, it can be such a daunting task, you give us your spirit to help us to discern what it is you are calling us to, to help us, Lord, to risk and leave our comfort zones, and to help us to walk in constant obedience following the leading of your Spirit. I pray that for those who are here today who may be facing hard personal decisions in their life and are seeking the leading of your presence, that you, Lord, will will lead them to step out in faith in the ways that you want them to in their personal lives. I pray too, Lord, that as we as a church seek to serve you, that you will make it clear exactly what you want us to do. That you, Lord, will uh, not just help us to discern and make it clear, but that, Lord, you'll give us a heart to risk, to leave our comfort zone, and to walk in obedience to you, that your kingdom may be furthered. I thank you, Lord, for knowing that you've already answered this prayer. And I pray that you'll just keep us on track In the name and power of Jesus.